welcome to a novel evening. My name is Danny, and this is the podcast where I chat with some fellow book lovers about their ideal night of fictional fun. Uh, that might well be a dinner date with their favourite book boyfriend. It might be a dinner party with some of their all-time favourite authors, or maybe it's a holiday with some of the greatest characters of all time. The choice is theirs. You can find me over on Instagram under Blotted Ink Books. And for this episode, I am joined by the lovely Claire from Secret World of a Book. Um, you need to check her out. If you're not following her, she is fantastic. I have no idea how she reads as fast as she does. She is forever putting up new books to add to my never-ending to-be-read pile. Um, she's just... And she's also lovely. So go over, give her a follow... Um, and check out her novel evening. So a big hello to Claire. Hello. Hiya, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How's your day been? Busy, cold, windy, but good. <laughs> good, good. I hope good. you can just cuddle up in the warm now. Yeah, that's what I fully intend to do. I've got my book, I've got my coffee, so I'm good to settle down now. <laughs> Oh, perfect. That sounds amazing. That's what I want to do the rest of the day. That, I think that's the only thing that winter is good for, is just, just being cosy. Cozying up completely. I mean, Getting dark, shut the curtains and just snuggle in. <laughs> exactly. So, Bookstagram. What brought you to Bookstagram? How did you get started? Well, um, I'm, I've always been a huge reader. I've loved reading ever since I was little. I've always wanted to write. So I even I wrote a, a book when I was little about some kind of fruit family I, okay. even, I even packaged it off and sent it to penguin I was so proud of it I drew all the pictures and then I got a kind reply back saying it's illegal you can't send it direct to us thanks very much so I was like okay put that to one side I'll carry on with my reading um so yeah I've always been a big reader and um I, I stumbled across it by accident really the whole bookstagram thing and it took me forever to set up an account because I was just so scared. I thought no one's going to want to listen to what I've got to say, see what I've got to post. Very, very nervous. I think I posted my first one like at 11 o'clock at night because I'm just going to do it and get it done. I don't have to think about it. <laughs> oh, I love that. And obviously your account is amazing. You Thank are, you. It's, it's wonderful. And you read so many books. And <laughs> I consider myself quite a fast reader. And then I see how many books you've read and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Maybe I don't <laughs> I read do that fast. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. And and you still write as well, don't you? So you are still a writer. Yes. So my first book is now, it's been picked up with publishers. So that's in the process of being published. Um, and I'm three chapters in on my second book. So, Well, congratulations, because that is Thank absolutely, you. that's an incredible achievement. Can you tell us much about your book? What one? The one that's been published. The one that... Uh, that's okay. So that one, it was never intended to actually write a book and get it published but it's the memoir for myself of when I got Bell's palsy because I had complete Bell's palsy down the left side of my face um and really it was just to raise awareness because I didn't even know Bell's palsy existed until I got it and then the doctor that I saw told me it's probably not going to go you're probably going to be stuck with this forever and it was very much matter of fact and if I hadn't gone and found acupuncture myself I probably I had it quite severe so I probably wouldn't be at the point where I'm at now whereas you wouldn't necessarily know now unless I told you um so really it's to raise awareness get my story out there raise awareness and let people know that you know you don't have to just listen to what the doctors tell you there, there are, are alternatives. other alternatives 
yeah definitely yeah I had a friend who had the Bell's palsy actually and it was really an overnight thing he literally woke up one morning and it was really distressing for him and so there's not a lot of awareness and I think it's wonderful that you're putting you know you're really brave to put your story out there to raise awareness I think that's incredible and I look forward to uh, picking up my copy thank you it's one of those I don't want my children to read it I don't want my my best friend's little girl to read it like she's 15 and she said to me I can't wait to read your book there's a lot of me in there and obviously I can't just say I got both palsy through stress without going into the backstory of why I got the stress and then going back even further as to where I get the control issues from which could have led to the stress so there's a lot of stuff in there that's not a lot of people know that has happened to me in my past and there's things I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily tell my children because you know you don't want to talk about stuff like that but I'm praying they don't read it (laughs) But, I think it's incredibly it, it takes a real strength to be willing to put yourself out there like that that's a huge a huge thing and I think for a lot of people you know who haven't experienced the same things I think people will find something in they can relate to though certainly I think you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of people who are gonna be touched by it I hope so I hope so. someone picks it up that has either got it or is going through it and can see that you know there is actually other things that can be done I don't have to just you know be stuck with this yeah so that's the hope for anyway incredible and your second book that you're working on is that fictional it is oh so my end game is obviously I want to write Greek mythology but I don't really that's my passion so I've currently signed up to a classical studies degree with the Open University which is going to take me about five years because I have to work it around the children. So I'm about to start a course this year and I, I am already daunted by the thought of trying to study alongside kids. So power, power to you, especially like classical studies. (laughs) I know. I think because I'm such a history geek, I'm like, I'm, you've got to enjoy it. Yeah. Otherwise I think it's going to be a slog. So I'm well ahead of myself. My first assignments aren't due until like the first of March but I've wrote them already I'm, I'm ahead of myself I'm feeling good at the minute I'm hoping it stays that way all the way yeah. along but my second one is is fictional um and I don't even know where it come from it literally just come to me one day on the school run but it's about um a woman who a young woman who loses her mum mm-hmm. and the opening chapter is her and her mum and they're having a chat about stuff and you pick up that they're very close you also pick up that there's something with the mum but she doesn't really let on to her daughter and then that's the opening chapter. And then when you go into the second chapter, it's three, it's three days after the funeral. Right. And okay. So, yeah. So it's moving forward. It's about loss and it's about, you know, finding yourself again. And it, it's going well so far. <laughs> and obviously you said Greek mythology is what you would ultimately love to write about. Is there a particular myth that you are drawn to that you would love to do a retelling of? Medusa's my favourite. So uh-huh. I fully intend to write her story. I've already got all my notes for it I've got the title I've got so much ready I just I could start now but I stopped myself because I want to know so much about the way they lived and you know I want to visit the Parthenon I want to I want to go I want to be be all these places before I actually commit to paper because yeah. my story that I write for her is it's all her life before mm-hmm. she gets her head cut off like it's it's different to how the other ones I've read it's not it's slightly different twist to it because obviously there's two sides of why Athena did what she yeah. did. So yeah, that, that and um, Medea, that's probably my second. Oh, one. and that is such a story, isn't it? That is one that, and I read it was in um, 
not a thousand ships yeah the natalie haynes and pandora's jar i think she did it in yeah. and she covered it and as a mother like yourself it's really hard to find any reasoning behind what she does that is remotely yeah. excusable and i think reading a retelling of her that still sees that what she did is you know extremely problematic but showing a more human side to her would be really interesting i'm very mm. uh very interested by that if you need a travel buddy when you go to Greece <laughs> oh, <definitely. laughs> I, mean, I am about to study history as well actually I'm doing history with English yeah, yeah. so it's not uh not as far back but yeah history is just well, it's just amazing isn't it you can't get enough definitely the, the with the classical studies obviously I'm doing um Elizabeth first and Cleopatra are my first two modules so we work our way through the history but then obviously the last couple of years are going to be the greek mythology and the latin and all that kind of thing so i've kind of got to get through this lot to get to the the main bit that i really want to do at the end but i don't know if you've read any michelle moran she did three books that were set about ancient egypt and one of them was about cleopatra's daughter and i was i knew nothing about her and her life after and it was really interesting so i definitely recommend her just for some insights as to what cleopatra's daughter's life became like and where she ended up with the fall of uh, the fall of cleopatra Oh, definitely. I've not read her. I found Cleopatra fascinating. I just, it was her reputations, basically, but the way that she was perceived by the, the Romans and then by the, the Arabic, so different. Completely. And again, she was just a very educated, very wily woman. And I think in history, there's always been a thing of men being really scared of women who will just do what, you know, it's all right for men to do whatever it takes and to do whatever they need to do, murder whoever and power plays. But for a woman to do it was just so unheard of. And Cleopatra, she, knew what she was doing she was a boss <laughs> she was an absolute boss she, yeah, was. she was and some of the stuff she did was not great with her sister and her brother and and it's really interesting that people I think just think of the snake in the very end of her story and not all the stuff that built up to it so I'm very excited whatever you write about the uh, the Greek myths and and on from that I'm very excited for Thank you very much. <laughs> so I'm wondering now, we're going to go and have our novel evening and I'm wondering whether or not some of these people might crop up for you so I'm uh I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so where are we going? Where are we starting our, our evening? Okay, so a bit boring actually compared to what we've just been chatting about, but I just want to be in a really old library with some armchairs by a crackling fire. There is nothing nice. boring about a, a sexy library and a fire and you said about the where are we going? I'm thinking, oh my god, should I choose somewhere else now? Like, no, I'm stuck there. Let's just stick with that now. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with a library. We all know that. So I think any library, right? Anywhere. Any library, but let's make it old. I want the ladder that kind of goes around the walls where you can swing yourself around. And yes. I remember mm -hmm. as a kid watching bed knobs and broomsticks, and there's a library in that. And all I wanted as a kid was a library with a ladder that's all I've ever wanted and one day I will have it if it kills me I will have a ladder but I, mean, I, I would love it could be yeah. the library of Alexandria we could just be hanging out there that's have, have you read um A Court of Silver Flames yes that's the library that's in my head oh okay I mean perfect and if they mm. happen to all be there the the bat boys then <laughs> then I wouldn't be mad I'm okay mm. this is very cool so I'm guessing there's gonna be a few people coming to your evening it could be a few okay okay so who's the first person we're inviting into the the library okay so author wise mm -hmm. okay maggie o'farrell 
Oh, yes. Absolutely. I just love, I've only read Hamnet and I adored it. I absolutely loved it. I know there's so much hype about her, but she writes so beautifully. Yeah. And I'm guessing as a writer, you want to pick her brains a little bit. Oh, hugely. Yeah, definitely. Hamnet was just one of my most favourite books ever written, I think. So yeah, she'd be my first person that, that I would invite and say, sit by the fire let's talk (laughs) oh okay okay that's a really good first choice and again Mm -hmm. I think she is wonderful I've only ever heard good things and Hamnet was for me a real like game changer I'd never read anything like that so excellent choice I like that who's coming next hmm Margaret Atwood I've not read any of hers but which is really shocking isn't it (laughs) I've watched Handmaid's Tale I think I was put off because I thought it was going to be really dark and I thought I was just going to find it really miserable. And then I watched the show and now I have got a copy of that and the Testaments and I do need to read, I need to read some of her work. I mean, the test, Hermes Tao in itself is amazing, but the Testaments, like, really? so good. <gasps> yes, it's set like 15 years after the events of the Handmaid's Tao. And amazing, absolutely amazing. To have that brain <laughs> to come up with that, whole world and it be so relevant even now probably even more relevant now than ever that's a that's a brain I want to delve into and find out where that all came from well um my husband's bought me the um creative writing class with Margaret Atwood <gasps> I know Ooh, and with the master class so I'll be doing Margaret Atwood's creative writing class I'm very excited for that oh my it's goodness like a year. wow yeah. really yeah <gasps> Well, your husband has done really well. <laughs> he did well done, he husband. He to me, like, tell me what you need, because as soon as I can quit my job and just play golf every day while you're making the money for writing, that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what my husband keeps saying. He's like, can you just write a book so that I can just not work? I'm like, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> it's my best. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, my goodness. So you're actually going to get to chat with her. Well, I'd like to think so. I don't know how it works, um, but I know that it's a year. I know you get sent like all the stuff for the study that you need through the post. And I'm assuming, I don't know. I just assumed it would be done. There'd be pre-recorded Zooms, but I could be wrong. You never know. There might be some feedback Mm. and things from her, which would just be really cool. Oh, it's masterclass, isn't it? So you're meant to be learning directly from them. So... Mm. No Hopefully. pressure then. No pressure no at pressure all. At all. <laughs> create something no. stunning that's going to knock her socks off. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh my goodness. So we've got two incredible female authors. Who's coming next? Okay. So it's a toss up between Natalie Haynes and Jennifer Saint. And I was earing towards Natalie Haynes, but Jennifer Saint with Ariadne just, she set the fire under my Greek mythology passion and yeah so I'd love to just sit that woman down and say talk to me (laughs) I would love to have the three the three women I would love to have Madeline Miller Jennifer Sane and Natalie Haynes I would love to just sit with all three of them and talk Greek mythology yeah that'd be great just and I love you I'm sure you've read Electra already yes so good so good yes I was very lucky (laughs) to get a proof I begged really hard for the proof as well so (laughs) please give it to me I think it was even better than Ariadne absolutely brilliant um well 
Ariadne is still my favourite, but I loved Electra. It's a good follow-up. It's a good, very good it's a strong second book. She's mm-hmm. done very, very well. I mean, those three women together would just be fascinating, wouldn't they? They wouldn't be able to shut me up. I think I'd just be talking constantly. Like They'd be like, okay, hands up, we've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> we've been here for seven hours. Yeah, she's still talking. <laughs> You'd have to take so many notes, voice record it, all of it. Oh my god, I would. Amazing. But then is again, there anybody else that you would have there? Are you just going for just authors or can I choose characters? Yeah, you can have anyone you like. It's mm-hmm. it's it's your night. Have whoever you like. Oh no, you've really threw me now. I don't know, I think about that one. <laughs> you there's like no, there's yeah, there's so many. Where would I start? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Medusa. Maybe you'd have to have her there. Yeah. What better to do than talk straight to the source? That's a very good idea. Medusa, Medea, that had set me right up. There you go. Jennifer Saint there to say, you know, her view on their stories. Margaret Atwood, I'm sure, would have some opinions as well. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. For sure. Then so you're going to have to have Athena. She's going to have to come in there. I don't Explain know if I yourself. want Athena at my party. <laughs> Wow, you've got that whole, did she be mean to stick up for the men or was it a sister solidarity thing? Because, you know, it's that you could see both sides. Those gods were really tricky though, weren't they? They were, and they they turn quick. I don't know if having her at a dinner party with drinks flowing would be a good idea. None of them are ever a good idea really, are they? No. Have you read um, Rosie Hewlett's Medusa? I haven't. It's on my wish list. It sounds amazing. I definitely want to read it. I've heard only amazing things about it. Have you got a copy? I don't. I have a spare copy. Do you want one? <gasps> yes. And also yeah. now you've just said it on the podcast. So that's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really good. And the best thing about it is, is she adds a different twist in there. So like her snakes, for example, like talk to her, but only she can hear them. So it's, it's like very clever twist on how, how she plays it. And we've obviously, with a, a lot of the Medusa books, Medusa is from the waist down, she's a snake, isn't she? But yes. in Rosie's book, it's not. There's a different twist to it. She hasn't got that snake body from, she's turned hideous, don't get me wrong, but she hasn't got the snake body. So it's just a different take on the Medusa, which I whizzed through it, absolutely loved it. Have you read the Jessie Burton as well, the one she's just released, the illustrated one? I haven't, it's sitting right in front of me on my shelf, so... Have got I, it. I'm really intrigued what you'll make of that because I think it's a very similar retelling in that it's more sympathetic and it's more showing her as a as a person. And it's really interesting. She's changed the story a little bit. That's all I'll say. I and the illustrations are stunning. Yeah, the illustrations are beautiful. It's, so it's um it's definitely nice to read because at first, when I got the idea for Medusa in my head, I thought, right, I'm not going to read any Medusa books. I don't want to inadvertently write something that I'd read previously I was very worried about that and then it was when I was talking to my friend about it she said are you intending to write it anytime soon I said no it's going to be at least five years I said well then read and get other people's perspective on it and then you can see where you're going to go and where you've read and it wasn't until I thought you know what I'll give it a go and so far the ones that I've read in my mind I can still see clearly how mine will differ Mm -hmm. because how I want to do it differently and I'm loving reading these other alternative ways of producing Medusa you know on paper I think that's really fascinating because I 
I've never considered doing a retelling of a story. I've never kind of thought about delving into that. And I think, like you say, it's really interesting to read other perspectives, but still clearly see your vision and how yours is different and the voice your Medusa will have. I think that's what I was worried about. I was worried that I would read other tellings of it and think mine is pretty similar. It's just going to get lost in the void of all these other tellings. But so far, mine is still holding different to what I've I've read. So as long as that stays the case, then that's good. <laughs> well, I'm intrigued now and you need to hurry up and... <laughs> and I think Medea as well is going to be, I would love to see what you've got lined up to retell her story because Medea is just... There's, I mean, there's so many plays, isn't there? There's so many retellings and it's always a really brutal story. Mm. You can't shy away from yeah. that, I think. No, and I think because what she did was awful. I mean, they're her children, but there's... I mean, I've, I haven't come across a fictional Medea yet, like retelling in itself, not that I've found, but from what I gather, there isn't any that... Are sympathetic to her they're all about this sinister thing that's built up to what she's done and that's that's, that's her defense you know her defining moment I think is it that's what exactly. has now defined her um definitely and like I said I don't think I can't think of any just solo retellings you know as I said I think no I not was the only the only kind of examining her story mm. so that would be really interesting yeah because what I want to do is I want I want you to get sympathy for her. And as much as everyone's disgusted with what she did, because it was, that's her children, it's terrible. But I want the reader to be conflicted because, you know, she was driven to do something that you wouldn't normally do. So, yeah, so I'm excited for that one. Exciting. So we've mm-hmm. got the people who are coming to evening. Did you have any characters, anyone who is not invited, that you do not want to come to your evening? I don't want to come to my evening. Oh man, it's gone out my head. There was someone that I really didn't like. Is this, I think is this is the harder question for people. I think people have so many that are like, yeah, I want to invite this person and this character. And they're like, who don't you want? And the only one that keeps I coming up is Heathcliff. <laughs> mm, yeah, see, see that's, let me ask you a question about that because this was a, a bit, there was someone I was talking about um, that book. Mm-hmm to someone and said oh it's you know it's marked as the greatest love story of all time and they was like no I can't see it as a love story and I thought but it to me it was a love story like regardless of how badly he treated everyone around him it was because he was so despaired from the love that he had that he was unable to actually fulfill and the fact that someone, had, I know everyone reads things differently, don't they? And I yeah. was like fascinated, like, how could you not see that that was a love story? Like, <laughs> I, I think because I really didn't like Kathy as well. And yeah. I know that it's meant to be that the only people who can see that good in them is each other. Like they're the only ones who can see something. I don't know. I mean, very twisted love. Very, very twisted. Very twisted. Love. Not healthy. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I personally found it a love story. I think probably because I was just struggling through it because <laughs> I don't really read classics. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I think it was more very much showing how kind of not to do it rather than, yeah. I don't know if they were in love or if they were more just obsessed with what they couldn't have. 
that's that's it. I think that they had this idea of love and it was because he went away and because she then moved on, it was that begrudgment of not actually trying to see if it was going to be love or not. So it was the idea of love, wasn't it, really? I think it was more, yeah, he'd lost it. And I think that was more, I think it was more anger. Mm. Yeah, but I agree there, yeah. That's intriguing. But more importantly, who... (laughs) I don't think I would exclude him. He he was meanie. I didn't like him that much. I didn't dislike his character. But I think I wouldn't have any... Any male gods there. That's because really good choice <laughs> women always suffered i mean look at ariadne's mum because yeah he king minus refused to give that cow back or the ball whatever it was she got punished like every way in every way you turn a woman got punished for the man's yeah. wrongdoing so no the producer, the you know with poseidon what an absolute louse he was apollo exactly. not great <laughs> no all of them i'd say no you can't come in none of you I, and Zeus is the worst of the lot. Let's face it. Yeah. Zeus is, he's, you know, serial rapist. There's no excuses for Zeus. No. And he was always he's held not. up as like the epitome of like masculinity. Whenever I've seen him in like a film or even like the kids film Hercules, he's like mm. this dashing strong. Yeah. No, no male God seems like a, especially with these mm. women, Margaret Atwood would tear them to shreds. Oh, she would definitely. All they did was just rape, rape, rape. Like, they was bad. But they got the love of everyone when really they're just mean. And I no. think fear and love are two... I think back then it was fear that drove, like, loyalty to the gods. I certainly don't definitely. think... Because if you look at all the stories, they're just awful. <laughs> Everyone who mm. wronged the gods, just just bad bad news and even the goddesses they were pretty bitchy weren't they quite a lot of them yeah i mean yeah it, it athena and in, in rosie hewlett's medusa she's just not nice i mean she'd get she's going to get an easier ride in my book but not 100 percent. but she's just not nice <laughs> not nice it what will always stick with me is the apple story with paris and is it hera um aphrodite and athena isn't it who who gets it and that just sums them up doesn't it just sums up yeah sums up the gods well I think you've got a pretty interesting evening there I think you've got some strong women we're going to be chatting to and, and no male gods so they wouldn't be allowed in no no definitely not allowed and I always end asking my guests what are they reading at the moment what have you got on the go okay. have you read this one small angels no yeah, by Lauren Owen I haven't heard of that one. Oh, tell me, what's it about? This I've got this invitation as well. That's, <gasps> bit oh, that's so cute. Look at the little invite. So cute. It's about this place um, where there's this village, and in this village is a little um, church called Small Angels. But the story is told over a couple of different narratives, and Chloe and Sam are getting married. Sam lives in, lived in this village, but he left, went to the city. He meets Chloe. And they go back to his home village and she decides, because their church isn't available anymore, she decides she wants to get married in Small Angels. But the history with the village is that there's the woods called Mockbegger Woods and dark stuff happens in Mockbegger Woods. The Small Angels is owned by Blanche Farm 
and the family that live there are like estranged from the whole village no one goes near them they don't integrate themselves but they have a job every night they have to light the lanterns around the farm and once a month at dusk they go to this small angels church and they all night they stay there and they sing a certain song and it's to keep the ghost of someone at bay because without honoring him every night because something really awful happens to this person and without honoring him every night bad things will happen Oh, and this creepy. Oh, I'm sat here in my like really dark it's attic. Gothic. It's a like... gothic thriller. It's so good because you're going. Is it modern going... day? Is it a modern day it's... setting? So Chloe and Sam are modern day. Yeah. And she's preparing to get married in this church and she's staying in this village pub. And it goes back mm-hmm. to Lucinda's childhood. And she's telling a story of her childhood because she's one of the granddaughters that lived on the farm. She's telling the story. Mm-hmm. So you're learning all that happened from, from Lucinda. But then obviously every now and then you're going back to Chloe. And things are starting to happen to Chloe because she's got the she's going into small angel. She's clearing it out to have this wedding, but she's starting to hear things in the church uh, in the pub of a night time. She she's hearing a voice like, "Please don't let me be hanged. Please don't let me be hanged." Like she's hearing this voice oh, and no. she's getting drawn into the forest. Oh my god, it's I really love it. That's giving me like Laura Purcell, like gothic, creepy. Oh, if you love Stace Halls or Laura Purcell, this is the book for you. It's- <gasps> so good it's going on my and list it's gone steve literally it's straight on my list august it's out august so, oh my goodness august. well i'm gonna pre-order it now so <laughs> it's very good that's that so small angels and who is the author lauren owen lauren owen oh my god that sounds amazing well thank you very much for joining me thank you for sharing you for all things me. uh greek mythology it's been it's been a pleasure so if you don't follow claire already at secret world of a book go over give her a follow she's amazing you are going to add to your tbr pile like crazy with all of her recommendations (laughs) and reviews they are non-stop and thank you so so much and have a wonderful rest of your sunday thank you very much for having me bye see you later Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 